welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here and I am joined by Ela Crane. And we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can reach us in a number of different ways. I'm going to go over a couple of them right now. You can reach us on the Peaceful Ease hotline, 24-7, 365. You can reach us on that hotline. It's 424-625-5562 is that number. I'm going to read it one more time, 424-625-5562. Give us a call. Leave us a message. Ela loves to hear from you. Any questions, comments, ideas you want to share with us. We're absolutely open to your feedback. You can also email us, podcast at peacefullease.com is our email address, and you can keep up with Ela and everything she's doing at peacefullease.com. That is her website. Ela, how are you today? Good. I'm in Mallorca, finally. I was going to ask where you are. I can see behind you because I can see you as we record this. You're in different surroundings. Yeah, and I think I may do a different surrounding for every episode in this house because I didn't realize I just Airbnb'd a place and I looked at the pictures and it seemed really nice, you know, and I saw like two, three rooms, different bedrooms and stuff. And I thought, yeah, this would do. And then I came here and I found a house, five story, like five levels and six bedrooms, <laughs> And I, I I couldn't believe it because I think it's off season and it's in the middle of nowhere. You know me now. <laughs> it was really cheap. So I felt like, okay, but the problem is I'm going to be here. I mean, it's not a problem, but I'm going to be here like for three weeks. I think I'm going to be alone. So this is, has been an interesting experience for me to be in such a big house. It's a very old house with a lot of history. The owners who own the house used to live here with their three kids and they inherited it from their grandparents. And I think even from the grandparents before, and it's a beautiful house, but it is a very different experience after Berlin. Now, where the house is located in the community or the village are all the houses there like that, or is the house you're in different than all of the other ones? I think they're all very similar from what I see. It's a very historical village called Estelengs, and it's like the west coast of Mallorca. It's like an hour from Palma, and it's beautiful. It's You have the sea, just like five-minute drive or 20-minute walk, and then you have the mountains. Now, the mountains are not like the Alps. But still, you know, there are decent mountains that you can hike. And the community is beautiful. You know, it's very unique. Like the first day I arrived, there's a small corner store where you can buy like water and toilet paper and stuff. Not much. The essentials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Survival level. And I went there and I bought some water and I realized I couldn't carry all that with me because I had my dog too. And there were three young girls, like 14, 15 years old. 
and they were like playing with my dog and I don't speak a word of Spanish. So I was trying to explain the store's owner that I will just be back to pick up the rest of my stuff. And then one of the girls spoke very little English, but she said like, shall we help you? And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, yeah, we carry for you. I'm like, no way. And then they grabbed everything and they didn't even know how far I was living or anything. I mean, I was like literally 50 steps away, but <laughs> that's something I never experienced in my life. And I don't think it will happen in England or in Germany. It's just like some random kids saying, we can help you carry your stuff. It was just beautiful. It was a beautiful welcome. How long did it take you to adjust from Berlin to Mallorca? <laughs> I think due to the house, the village, I've been here two weeks and I can say that it took me like almost two weeks because in Berlin, you know, I was in our apartment, which is just 110 square meters of open space. There's like no bedroom study or anything. Everything is one, the kitchen, the living room. The only door inside is the bathroom door. And then there's like, it's just beautiful open space. But here it's the opposite. It's like five floors and a very narrow hallway and tiny little bedrooms everywhere. And there are so many doors that some are like locked. So I don't even know what's in there. And I keep discovering parts. Like I was telling you earlier that there's like a cellar, but there are no stairs to it. Like you could perhaps fall into it and not come out. <laughs> and then there's another building across the road where they have the washing machine and stuff like the dryer. But you need to cross the tiny street for that. You know, it's really a different house. And the history of the house is full of these old photographs of pictures of people, black and white. You know, you can see... I think they're like family members, almost like very cozy pictures with sometimes children, babies, sometimes alone, like a lady holding a telephone, like the very old fashioned telephone you can think of. And she's like showing it to the camera, but, you know, like, here we go. We have the latest invention here. <laughs> the iPhone of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I felt like, okay, you know, and I really feel I'm alone here. But I'm not alone at the same time. And it may sound creepy, but it's not scary somehow. Like, I feel welcomed here in a way. But it did take me a while to get used to things. Because since I arrived, maybe for a whole week, it's been raining. And there's like a storm every night. It starts around 3, 4 a.m., and the house is so old that even if the doors and windows are closed, you feel and hear the wind come through. And sometimes it's so strong that like the other night around 4 a.m. I woke up because I heard the door open and I turned the light on and I realized the door on the hallway across the bedroom I was sleeping in, it was a door that I locked because I just like don't use that room. And the door was open, even though I locked it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, normally I would run out a couple of years ago, I think. But this time I had no fear. I was like, yeah, it's the wind probably. So I got up to lock that door again, because otherwise it will keep banging. And as I was locking the door, the light I turned on next to my bed turned itself off, like just 
went off. I was like, okay, that must be the cable because I noticed that it had a loose cable. So I went back to fix the light and then there was so much rain and the, when there are thunderstorms, like you can feel it shaking the house. I couldn't sleep because of the noise, basically. So I started to read a crime novel that I had in German, like just <laughs> practice. And I was thinking, it's funny that I can just do this and not feel kind of fear because this wasn't the case a couple of years ago. So whatever has changed, it's showing itself. We were talking about this before we got on. It's you practicing what you preach. You know, you being able to just embrace the moment, the present moment, no matter what's happening and be able to just be there and find peace in the moment is really, you know, what you're all about. And the, the fact that you're able to do that makes it even more powerful when you share it with other people and help facilitate them being able to do similar things. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't think this was possible for me. And seeing it like, okay, I can stay in a house like this so big and so much history and in a village that there's like, again, almost no one, uh, more dogs than people this time, not cows. It's in a way, anything is possible. And with the work I've been doing and talking about, especially IFS, internal family systems, where you dig in and find out about all the different parts of yourself. It's been very powerful for me because I got to know so many different aspects of me that I knew it was there, but I wasn't maybe completely accepting them as they are. I expected them to change or I pushed them aside thinking, okay, I don't have time for you now. You know, it's hard to face your weaker versions or your unpleasant versions or your impatient parts of you. But doing that somehow creates this integration within. And that made me feel here when all this was happening, the storms and stuff, I felt like I don't have a reason to be afraid. I'm here. I'm invited to be here. And whatever is happening here, it's nothing to do with me. It's just happening. Even if there are like spirits in this house, I feel like they are busy doing their own stuff. There's nothing to be afraid. Well, let's go back for one second to what you said when you're talking about family integration. You said there's weaker parts of yourself or, you know, the ones that maybe aren't as powerful or that are afraid or what, you know, the ones that we put negative connotation on, so to speak. What do most people do with those parts? Because they still exist in other people. But you are actively trying to integrate all the parts to become whole. What do most people do with those parts? I think we are very creative when it comes to these things, no? Like, I think we have endless strategies changing from ignoring that they exist, dressing them up in some other way. Like once I remember a friend of mine said, I could never be a life coach because I have this thing about me I like being harsh with people, you know, it's almost like sadistic, you know, like when I say something harsh, but true, I take pleasure from that. But then it's good, isn't it? Because then you're being truthful. And I said, you know what, you're just dressing up something as something else. Just see it for what it is that speaking harshly somehow satisfies a part of you. 
and that's the truth and that's it and try to understand that part how is it finding some kind of comfort in that situation has anyone spoken to you harshly or how does that come about instead of dressing up saying oh because I want to kind of help people or because I want to be truthful just leave it as it is so we do that a lot dressing things up as something else and just endlessly pushing locking parts of ourselves into rooms like in this house where we don't want to see what we don't want to see what we don't want to accept what we don't want to remember is like is all pushed away locked up but as we do that we lock up a part of our potential and power and what i've been doing through the summer is like i welcome every part you know we talked about this before like the perfectionist side that i have is still there and i instead of saying i i will cure you i will heal you come here and i'm like hey 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 i want to understand how long have you been around like as far as i can remember i had some kind of connection with you how long have you been around do you remember when you came about the first time when how does it feel to be this you you know this version of me but you <laughs> like to be so kind of wanting to do everything right and do you see any ups and downs about it how does it benefit you because you keep it if it didn't benefit you you wouldn't so really like be friends with those parts and this house interestingly has been a model for me because there are so many rooms i could give each sub personality in ifs terms internal family system terms a room and say okay this is your room you stay here this is your private space do whatever you want and if you want to share something come out meet, let's meet in the living room you know Since you've been there, have you slept in the same room every night or do you move from room to room? No, thanks to internal family systems, all the rooms are occupied right now. <laughs> you know, I have like 14 people to share the six bedroom house, so it's almost enough rooms. <laughs> so every hour you're switching rooms. <laughs> so when you go into the rooms in the house, do you definitely feel a different energy in each room? I do. Sometimes it's very obviously different. Sometimes it's more like aligned. But some rooms, yeah, I I feel like I don't want to disturb go into that room not because I'm afraid, but I feel like it's an intimate place it feels. Like it's like going to your parents' room or something, you know. You're okay, but it's it always feels a bit awkward, you know, when you're a little kid. So it's that kind of feeling I get in some rooms, yeah. That's interesting. So are there certain times like when you're at a room and you have that feeling so you go walk away and you go do something else but then when you come back that feeling's gone so you can just go right in does it change or does it typically stay the same It stays the same Yeah It's interesting yeah it's kind of very clear it stays the same I feel this house is also very stable in that sense that you know the weather has been very up and down like there are shutters outside of each window and they're wooden and old and you can't lock them in a place so if you leave them open they just like rattle all night but then with all this noise and the owners created a bamboo structure up in the terrace and it's beautiful 
but it's really not stable, especially with these winds. <laughs> so sometimes you hear noises, like as if they locked up a monster in the terrace or something, like in a cage. It's just so much, almost like the wind howling and then these screeching bamboos are like rubbing against one another. And But yet the energy in the house, I feel overall, stays the same. Like if you go to those rooms that you feel comfortable, they're still comfortable. If you go into those rooms that you feel, okay, I, I, I shouldn't be here, like this is like some intimate space, they're still the same. So it's interesting to have that difference. Whatever happens outside, the energy inside is very stable. And I really kind of model after that in my mind. And it's interesting because our apartment in Berlin is the creation of my mind. It's just an open space. But then if you whisper something in one corner, you can hear it in the other corner because it's just one space. Now, being here was very different and was a little bit of a shock after just Berlin. But now I can see, okay, this is how I need to make some adjustments perhaps in my mind because this uh, model gives more privacy to each part of me and then it's very stable the energy inside versus the energy outside they don't kind of affect one another that much it's a great way of looking at things and then being able to internalize them and make those shifts now the one thing i'll be interested to find out and you'll have to keep us updated on this when brian gets there Will the energy shift or will it stay the same? When he adds his energy to the mix. So I'd be very interested to hear your take on that once he arrives and he's been able to spend some time there with you. Yeah, I look forward to that too. And he's energetically very kind of dominant person, you know, like he will just go into rooms and do whatever he wants to do. Like he doesn't feel maybe maybe that sensitive about the energies around him. He has this kind of wave of energy spreading from him that overtakes every space that he's in. So it will be interesting like to hear his experience and to see if anything changes, if the house kind of neutralizes his energy or his energy takes over regardless. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting experience. But considering that we create everything, like we really create our lives, our environment, you know, the other day, a friend of mine was saying, oh, how when he was a student, he was living in this old house with cockroaches and stuff. And he hated it. And he would like try to kill them, but they weren't easy to kill and stuff. And I must have made some face. And he said, what, you wouldn't kill them? I said, no. What would you do? He said, you know, like, what would you do if they were around? I was like, instead of trying to kill them, I would think, why did I create this? Like, why am I living this life here? And he was like, oh, okay, I never thought of that. And that's my approach. So I'm here for a reason. I'm here in this house to learn something. And I created the apartment in Berlin, which was so open space, again, as a result of my mind, you know. And I really believe we create our lives like that. They are just projections of the quality of our minds. And I don't mean quality as in high or low, but different qualities that we have. They get projected outside. And they create our friends, our relationships, our work, our stress, our houses, everything. And hence the importance of, of working on our minds, because then everything else changes. That's a powerful thing right there that you just said with our minds and how we project 
I think a lot with me, and I think you've experienced this with me too. I think my mind personally, just to express how it works for me personally, is the words come to mind controlled chaos. That's kind of how my mind operates. And that's kind of how my work is. However, like when I'm working with clients or I'm telling people about what I'm doing or what's going on, it seems so overwhelming and chaotic. But I always go back to, and it is, it's a lot. I have a lot going on. But, and I think I learned this in the restaurant world because that's, you know, that was ingrained in me there. There's so much going on at once. But from the outsider's perspective, it looks chaotic. But it's really what I just said, controlled chaos. I have control over it. I know it's happening. And I always go back to that saying, and I say this a lot to clients when they have that overwhelming feeling, it's always, how do you eat an elephant? One (laughs) bite at a time. And so you focus on that one thing and you get that done, then you can move on to the next. But you know, there's a big thing there. You're doing big things. You're doing a lot, but you just focus on that one little piece at a time. And just by controlling or not controlling that, but Focusing on the things you can control and doing that one thing, it helps me anyway to stay more at ease, Mm -hmm. to not worry about the whole big picture, worry about that one little thing, but know what part of the big picture that one little thing plays. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it makes me think of this quote by someone I worked with for many years, and she's one of the most gifted people I ever met, Nicole Ehrenberg. She's in Hamburg and she works as a therapist. And she is just special. Like it's hard to put words into what she does and how she does. She really performs magic. And she always says chaos is the highest form of order. And that resonated with me when you said, okay, it looks like controlled chaos. I'm like, perhaps it is chaos, but perhaps it's very much ordered within somehow. Well, I see it as ordered, but people from the outside see it as chaotic. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said it's control chaos because I have control over it and I know what's happening. And it's almost like a conductor, right? At a symphony. If you just sit there and you watch them and all the movements they make and all the different instruments and the different musicians playing them, there's a lot going on there and it's like overwhelming. But they know how to take all of those different pieces and make beautiful music. Mm-hmm. And to them, they're in control because when they move, that's what makes the music. That's what the musicians follow. And that's what makes it happen. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of like the analogy there. Yeah. So does it resonate with you too? That chaos is the highest form of order? It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's weird because it's paradoxical, Mm -hmm. but I can see that. And I think it comes back to we never control everything. We never have control over everything that happens. And that's why surrender is so important. So, I mean, there's always going to be some form of chaos that we can't control, but it's ordered because you know that that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it has to be. And you have to, much like you do, and when you're put in different environments, you have to accept it and adapt. Mm -hmm. And flourish. Yeah. Not just like survive, but come out of it even stronger than you were before. Yeah. Absolutely. So before we sign off for this episode, Ela, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? I would say just think about how your mind manifests your life and see if you can make any links between the events that are happening, especially if they're repeating again and again, and what you are trying to say to yourself by experiencing those events again and again. What would be the message you are trying to give yourself? As always, Ela, very profound stuff. Thank you so much. I want to remind everyone to 
Give us a call. If you want to share with us, please do. We'd love to hear from you. The Peaceful Ease Hotline, 424-625-5562 is that number. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com, and visit us online, peacefulease.com is the website. Ela, thank you so much again. I love everything you shared and that you're enjoying that big old house and you have the space to expand while you're there. So thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking with you on the next episode. Yeah, thank you, Mario. And thank you to everyone listening. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.